kids learn through play, which is experimentation. And they imagine uh, different scenarios and they play them out and they do it over and over and over again. And Mm -hmm. this is in, in the professional adult world, this is the way for us to find new solutions for the future that can work during disruptive mm-hmm. times like we have right now. Untapping your inner child can be easy if you simply listen to your heart and follow your passion. Meet Lars, an exponential organization coach who builds communities of trust and collaboration that almost self-organize to disrupt the status quo. The founder of Educate for Life believes in empowering children with the right mindsets and tools to let them solve the world's most pressing problems in a safe, creative, playful environment. Please welcome Lars. No, I I mean, I can see that you have a nice, uh, very professional microphone uh, in front of you. And I'm sure you do a lot of your recordings through that, right? I, I I do. I live in Zoom land, more or less. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> nice. so, and it's a good excuse to buy some some toys for myself, like gadgets yeah. like this, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still earning that uh, respect. <laughs> it's going to take some time, I guess. <laughs> you, you, you know how it goes. The, actually, the only way is just to just to do it right like like you do anyway right uh, uh it's not about waiting to uh, you know get to a certain stage but just do it and just start recording and just do it and then over time we all get better uh, yeah, yeah at, at yeah. what we do great great awesome uh, in the past few weeks i was thinking that you know we have so many webinars on uh AI, tech, and all of that. But I I thought it'll be interesting to do one which explores your other side, really. Um, you know, it's the life between the zeros and ones, uh, which is how we, we've structured this. Um, so I've been interviewing guys in the past week and obviously also learning, right? The, you know, it's the first time that even I'm doing something like this. Yes. Uh, so hopefully it'll be good use of your time as we go through the next, say, 20 minutes or so. Happy, uh, happy to do it. Uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, these are approaches that are very close to my heart. And, and we talked about that uh, already in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, purpose and, uh, you know, uh, dealing with everything in between the zeros and the ones. <laughs> and, <laughs> and find out, you know, how we all play a role in, in the bigger picture. In, in this yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, just to kick it off, I thought that would be interesting to ask you in the last, say, six weeks to really start off and then maybe we can go backward about how uh, you're deriving inspiration to just um, live right now. So it'll be interesting to just open up with that and, and to really understand how are you dealing with life. Absolutely. Uh, so for me, it's, it's, it's very clear that I get a lot of inspiration from, from kids actually. (laughs) And, um, 
And I have two of my own, uh, two boys, they're eight and ten. So I have the inspiration around me all the time, which can be a bit overwhelming as well sometimes. And and uh, and, and they they are doing what they are passionate about, just like I have actually as a child. And uh-huh. and I have been been always kind of transitioning and transforming my life into a direction. So I can uh, live my passion. I can do what really matters to me, and that's mm-hmm. what I see kids are doing all the time, um, and, and that is very inspiring, and, and quite a contrast to how many adults live their lives mm-hmm. and, and run their own professional lives as well. You know, is there anything where they have inspired you in some way implicitly? Any any specific? instances or uh, accidents which may have happened and you were like okay well yes i would say constantly and i th- i think pretty much all parents would say the same thing because we keep being impressed about all the unexpected unexpected uh, things our kids are doing if we allow them if we give them the freedom to mm-hmm. try things to do things Mm-hmm. without managing them too much, then mm-hmm. they will surprise you and, and you're going to get inspired by that. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, nothing but examples of that, as a matter of fact, from the past six weeks. And it's, uh, you know, that period seems to be going on for quite a bit yeah. longer. <laughs> That's um, true. And, and, and it, you know, one of the things that has inspired me is actually a project that uh, I um, launched just recently called Planet Pilot. And uh, and because of my passion for uh, kids' capability and their abilities to do new, um, to find new ways uh, to create Mm -hmm. things and all that, and rethink everything and challenge our assumptions, I launched this initiative Mm-hmm. which is to find out what happens if we give the kids total freedom mm-hmm. under in an educational context to mm-hmm. to do what they want to do together and, mm-hmm. and be around to make sure they are safe obviously <laughs> but but just give yeah. them the tools to collaborate and communicate online sure. uh, and and obviously the covid-19 outbreak here has been challenging uh, families a lot. The kids are not going to school. The parents Mm -hmm. are not going to work. It's a new situation for many families. Uh, And many kids are kind of stuck at home and really not getting support from the schools because the schools are trying to figure this out themselves at the same time. So we need to do something for these kids. And and I'm already homeschooling my 10-year-old so we are oh, okay. used to to do these things from home. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so I set up this five day quest with with a pretty awesome team um, uh, of of other adults, and uh, this quest was supposed to just connect kids around ten years old with each yeah. other across borders online. Sure. Take them through five days where they get to know each other. They get mm. to um ideate together and and uh, and and discuss in this case covid-19 uh, so sure. we decided to to make that a theme and we just 
kind of put our own kids into a Zoom room together. With They didn't yeah. know each other. And yeah. we started discussing what is this COVID-19 thing, really, at a kid's level, from a kid's perspective. How do they see this? What are their yeah. concerns? What are the challenges out there? And then in five so days... So how did the kids uh, react to that? They, it was uh, it was the most natural thing for them. They may, mm. they do a lot of thinking about this, mm. and mm. they know quite a lot about it. Uh, yeah. And and they in this particular case, uh, you know, you never know what comes to the surface, whether they are anxious or. or yeah. That didn't seem to be the case here. They were curious, mm -hmm. and they had definitely been listening to to the adults when they were talking about it. So they knew quite a lot about it. And then essentially we wanted them to select any problem related to COVID-19. It could be mm. the mailman that find it mm. hard to deliver parcels to you. It could be uh, doctors that are exposed to a lot of patients and many other, whatever they wanted to work on. Sure. They choose a, chose a problem and then they work together actually online to to build a solution to solve this problem and and they they pitched to each other the the solutions they got feedback they built the prototypes in card boxes and and later in minecraft so they could simulate the mm. functionality all of that and yeah. what i what i saw was my own son for example he just took the lead on it and and he mm. loved it and he built new friendships in no time very nice. He worked really hard on this. He got passionate. He was pitching. And I can tell you that all of these aspects uh, were what I considered to be challenges for him uh, yeah. in the past. And, and I just saw him thrive uh, yeah. with others that he didn't know. And he did things that I thought would be hard for him. But he, he loved it. And he... He, he had this success for himself and it was the same for the other so, kids. So that's how, how did you feel as a dad, uh, seeing your son uh, really lead this and, you know, do a lot of the things you just said on his own with his own kind of drive? How did you feel as a father? Well, I'm I'm sure you can feel my emotions already now through the microphone, right? Yeah, I, was, I mean, I just want to hear it from you now. <laughs> I was I was kind of blown away by it, and, yeah. and just for context, for a living, actually, I do coach uh, leaders in large organizations around the world to change their mindset, uh, get rid of their limiting beliefs, and and tap into the resourcefulness of their organizations and, and these yeah. kind of things. So I'm, I'm kind of doing something similar uh, professionally, but yeah. not with kids normally. And, 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 and here both I was playing a role as a, what we call a quest master that facilitates right. the quest. At the mm. same time, I was also the dad of one of the participants and yeah. sitting right, right next to him in the room. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and so I, I was the first-hand witness of this personal transformation that was happening right in front of me, nice. and uh, and I I'm can sure tell it you, was very humbling, right? Uh, as a dad, to see that and and see that you know at times you know in my case, every time I make an attempt to speak to my son to teach him something, he'll never listen. But if he goes into a a workshop and I could be leading that or not, 
is all yours, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I mean, I don't know if, if you've seen that with your son, but they enjoy that social environment and that learning really happens as a result of everyone being there. Um, yeah. I think, the, you know, the only limiting factor here is adults believe in, in believes in their kids, right? We, we assume this is going to be hard. We assume they may not be able to do this. So we, we want to, uh, carve a big challenge into small bites and serve it to them step by step or as yeah. as the caring parents that we are. But mm. as a matter of fact, the kids are perfectly capable of finding even better ways to solve these challenges and do things. Mm -hmm. They're really good at this. And this is why we keep getting surprised when we just give our kids the power to do what they think is right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad you shared this with with uh, me on this um, platform. And also, I think uh, I wanted to ask you, how do you, uh, you know, you know, I'm always interested in emotions and feelings, right, of adults as they work with kids, and it could be their own sons, which is why I asked you about how you felt, because. At the end of the day, every time I do a workshop, I always experience a lot more learning, I feel, just by being with the kids, right? And in the way they uh, think and, you know, and the way they behave, really in some ways untaps our own inner child, I feel, uh, you know, in some way. And, and is where I think, uh, uh, you know, we can use that inner energy in, in other kind of real environments out there, which could be more professional in nature. Uh, so I wanted to just ask you how you, um, you know, do you have any instances in which you've been able to, you know, take inspiration from doing that in the workshops and, you know, anything you've learned from children in general through these workshops that you're beginning to do and see if there's an application in the corporate world, say, uh, or, or any other um, uh, space which is outside children. As, you know, I keep in my in my professional work with adult business leaders, I I keep trying to teach them what the kids are doing um, naturally, right? And they do like experimentation. Sure. Kids, kids learn through play, which is experimentation, yeah. and they imagine uh, different scenarios and they play them out and they do it over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. this is. In, in the professional adult world, this is the way for us to find new solutions for the future that can work during disruptive mm -hmm. times like we have right now. Yeah. I'm trying to teach business leaders that they find it really hard because it goes against, it goes against uh, what we have learned through life that we need right. to have five-year plans. We need to uh, mm -hmm. do what the boss tells us and all these things. And experimentation mm -hmm. is a risk. And it's not a risk. That is actually de-risking uh, mm -hmm. the, the the outlook uh, into the coming months and, and years. Yeah. So 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 what the kids are really good at is what we as adults need to learn and apply in our work, in our professional mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. 
it's a little bit hard to communicate this to to senior leaders though uh, yeah. and telling them That's guys true. my son did this last night and to perfection and you guys have spent three months and you still cannot figure it out. That is yeah, that's yeah. a hard message to to, to share yes, without yes. offending anyone. No, absolutely. I can I can relate to that because only recently I had a corporate workshop with a German bank, and uh, the MD of that uh, institution uh, walked up to me and said, "Listen, I know you're going to use the word play because you're about play to transform, but." Is there a word you can use instead of play? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think there is any word which can, uh, uh, you know, you will not be able to use any other word. And I insisted and, and you, uh, uh, you know, I had a little bit of an argument with him that after you're bringing me on board and play to transform on board uh, and are, uh, you know, heading into the meeting, you're asking me to alter the word, which is the whole idea of this whole workshop, <laughs> right? And he yes. says, no, you shouldn't use play. Otherwise, everybody will think that they're having fun. I was like, I understand you're a very, uh, you know, strict bank and you have regulations and everything. But at the end of the day, if you're going to untap your inner child, if you're going to provide disruptive thinking to your sales teams, uh, we have to be able to play. Uh, you know, we are yes, we will do everything like you know, use Lego and all of that. But how can I use any other way? Like, I'm not going to use gamification, uh, right? Because you know, gamification is about leaderboards and all of that, and it's you know, here it's about self discovery. So, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, you're right that at the end of the day, I think we all need to have a reality check around this. Um, and is where I think we we can get that inspiration to survive, really, uh, especially for dance. It, it's going to be very important for because all industries are being disrupted, not only by COVID nineteen, but various exponential technologies and the convergence mm -hmm. of them, and many many other factors are changing our world faster and faster, and mm -hmm. so. I think in particular industries that are highly regulated uh, and that have cultures and environments where you mm -hmm. are not supposed to play, you are supposed mm -hmm. to follow the book because that's what shareholders need us <laughs> to do to make yeah. this predictable and scalable venture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In those environments, it's harder to accept that we should play, we should experiment because that is normally not... Uh, seen as a good practice or or appreciated behavior, but they need to do it as well, and it can be done while protecting your regulated, uh, safe um, business environment. But it's hard yeah. for us as individuals because we have grown up maybe uh, to have a financial career in the mm. banking world, maybe or mm. as a stock yeah, trader, yeah. Mm -hmm. and and so. You cannot just exper experiment and play because that's mm -hmm. not, you know, what the environment is is expecting from you. You're probably being asked not to. Um, right. So, so, so for some industries, this will be a lot harder than for the creative industries that kind of do it all the time already and have yeah. done all the time. Yeah. 
you know what I, what I do apart from coaching is to be part of creating new exponential organizations for the future okay. organizations that have a positive impact and these things and and I'm part of founding co-founding a lot of organizations and that keeps me pretty busy as, as you okay. can imagine I, I built communities virtual communities of practice around these organizations because that is the only way anybody can survive and thrive in the future so sure. we need a community so all of this pushes me uh because this is in many different industries this pushes me to learn as fast as i can so i do study a lot i read a lot i hear podcasts and Mm -hmm. talk to a lot of amazing people to learn as fast as I can. My kids are doing the same. And, you know, so, so this, this kind of, it's hard to, to distinguish between work and, and leisure time, which okay. I think is mostly a good thing. Although yeah, it, it can be a bit overwhelming. We are still just biological creatures yeah. um, that needs a break. I think really what, what I do is uh, take a break uh, when when I have some leisure time and, and mm -hmm. actually uh, enjoy the nature. Um, I'm a scuba diver. I love jogging. I love oh, okay. bicycling because nice. it helps me to, yeah. you know, stay relatively fit. It inspires me. I solve problems when I'm doing it. I reflect. Mm -hmm. I relax in these things and I try to create good habits also for my family in, yeah, in this nice. way. Yeah. No, I can imagine you underwater trying to, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, create like a, uh, you know, an application of some exponential technology out yes. there. <laughs> right? I, I know, am I, a, probably, yeah. It's actually, for yeah. me, for me, scuba diving is like meditation is for, for, for some. Yeah. It's yeah. really relaxing. It's a, it's a master reset of my whole system. When I come yeah. up, I feel energized, relaxed. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and and just ready for whatever uh, follows that. It's just yeah, an right. example. Whatever works for for everybody mm -hmm. is what they mm -hmm. should allocate some time for once in a while. Especially since we are uh, online twenty four seven during the lockdown here, yeah. and we need to give ourselves a break. That is where the reflection starts to happen on what we are right. doing, and this is where we rethink our direction our purpose and all of these things. So we actually get better at spending yeah. our time on the right activities for us, the right activities. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, I've always found inspiration in the most unexpected uh, places and times when I'm like just daydreaming at times, <laughs> right? And then, uh, you know, the ideas start emerging. So I, I wanted to just ask you another question and we can, you know, end with this if you'd like, is about what, what's food for your soul? Uh, you know, if I had to ask you one thing you couldn't live without, what would that be? You know, what's in some right. ways food for your soul really? I, uh, th that would be my, my, my kids and, and the mm -hmm. energy and the curiosity they keep bringing and mm -hmm. that inspires me and I, 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 I couldn't live without that. And, yeah. and I, I think all parents say the same. There might be a bigger purpose in our world uh, and, and 
reason why we are here and why this is so important to parents and why this is so transformative. Yeah. Uh, so there might be a bigger answer to this that I'm not able simply as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a human being to explain. But, but I yeah. think this is a very yeah. powerful force uh, yes. and, and food for the soul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So since you're a techie, I have to ask you one last question. Yeah. <laughs> is, is about your view on the future of uh, uh, digital and technology, about where all of this is heading and how do you envision a world, say, in the next maybe decade or so. Uh, now, obviously, we all have heard of the whole version of Singularity and Peter Diamond is of the 2030 thing. But I wanted your view and a more humane view about what you feel, how, how all of this technology is going to change our lives in the future. Absolutely. So if I just touch for a second on the word feel, how I feel, I'm positive. I'm an optimist. Mm-hmm. And I choose to be an optimist. Sometimes it can be hard to preserve yeah. the optimism, right? Because there are negative forces as well in, in the world that exploit technologies and 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 apply it in in um, in in challenging ways that uh, mm-hmm. represent a threat for, to humanity. Mm-hmm. But we can choose to use the technological evolution. Uh, for positive impact to actually improve our lives, improve our environment and and create a better future. And that's what I choose to do in everything I do. Uh, And, and this, so this is an opportunity. It's also a challenge. Mm -hmm. And simply because what we see is these uh, 18, 20 different exponential technologies that are doubling their price performance uh, and 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 evolving so fast mm-hmm. that we uh, do not really understand the impact this has uh, on our world, on our lives, uh, on our businesses. Uh, so uh, it it's really important that our coming generations study technology as well as art and and other aspects of life. Mm-hmm. We need to have a holistic approach mm-hmm. to this and and general knowledge on many things in life but it's very important that we're not left behind when it comes to understanding of the technologies and then we need to experiment uh, in in systematic ways with this so we understand what's the impact going to be from what we are trying and we are talking about the ethics around ai as a very very important theme Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, I see a future where where uh, humans and technology uh, work closely together. Uh, yeah. we, we, we need to be uh, leveraging the power of technologies so doctors get better doctors, become better doctors because of the support from technology. So engineers get better at engineering, so teachers get better uh, teachers and students get better learners and, and, and so on, uh, because uh, we can leverage the technologies that are getting so advanced now. Uh, yeah. The opposite approach to that would be to try to ignore it and say, I don't want, I don't want technology, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, and that, that would be 
that would be a problem for us as human beings, I think, because the technology doesn't go away. It's here right. to stay. Yeah. And and we we need to coexist with technology, whether we like it or not. But we can impact how we do that. And we can yeah. create a future in other ways than what the outlook is currently in, in many situations. I remember, you know, two decades ago, when this whole uh, internet and the whole social aspect of the internet started, uh, we were really excited, especially the techies, because we thought here's where we are, we are going to get the whole uh, democracy of information and access and search and all of that. And now we are seeing that it's all heading to one or two these big giants. How do you feel about that? Is that yeah. uh, something that even uh, you know affects you? Yeah, it's certainly affecting me in all all sorts of ways at levels I don't even know, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And it's something I follow closely as well. And I think everybody should, uh, everybody should try to understand what impact this has uh, on, on, mm -hmm. on, uh, on our privacy, on our capabilities, on mm -hmm. function that we can leverage. Mm -hmm. And I have mixed feelings about this. Um, mm -hmm. The reason being, as you rightly point out, we are seeing some some huge uh, conglomerates now that are starting to own our data. They know more about us than we know about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook has over 1,500 different data points on each of us. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't think I have that many on myself. Um, so it, this is uh, this is some this is a risk in my opinion, and I, I I would ideally want everybody to own and control their own data, their own personal sure. information, and and mm -hmm. and and what I see these huge uh, tech companies in in all countries, uh, mm -hmm. they they are monetizing our data, right? Yes, yeah, and, and this is a huge concern for me. Yeah, I think I think you know um, what what I think is going to happen though is that you know some organizations like tech companies that we're talking mm -hmm. about here they're growing very fast, but at some point I, I think I think they are going to uh, there, there's a risk for them that they are going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. there, we we see some of these the, the most admirable organizations that have been known yeah. for an mm -hmm. open collaborative culture and now yes. have become so big so actually their employees are, are trying to get out of the company because yeah. it's not open it's not collaborative right um, it's not transparent anymore mm -hmm. and it's now about money and it's about uh, you know delivering shareholders, to shareholders right yeah so and, and and with the world getting more decentralized distributed uh, and with technologies like blockchain that shows a lot of promise uh, to actually decentralize power and control uh, and these things i think uh, entrepreneurs and, and others that take this opportunity they can change the game uh, so, so we start seeing new types of organizations, more purpose-driven uh, and more sustainable in many ways as well, are beginning to actually uh, serve uh, our populations with with much uh, much more purpose-driven services. 
yeah. uh, and, and and handing control back to us as citizens. And this is yeah. an ideal scenario for me that I'm painting here. That is not where we are today, but yeah. that is what I think we should be discussing and and try to to accomplish. I'm absolutely with you on that. In fact, I'm more. Uh, the reason I asked is because of children because at the end of the day when we, we now go in and say hey the education system needs to change and become more open collaborative and everything you've been saying and on the other hand the world they are seeing around them especially the digital world which they now live in is not open and collaborative right and i'm sure one day they'll realize that and question us and say hey you told us <laughs> right that yeah that here, you know, here's what we should be as humans, our the systems and tools and platforms around us, which you built, are not collaborative, right? I mean, you or, you know, your your generation. And I see a lot of, uh, you know, irony in that and also hypocrisy in some way, because a lot of us are actually working in these organizations. And at, you know, at this point, the millennials even want to work in these organizations, right, to a very large extent. Um, at least, at least in India, uh, I can't speak globally yeah. as much. So it's interesting how we are traversing this th thin line between uh, doing the right thing, uh, you know, with with uh, everything around us uh, becoming overly uncertain and complex. <laughs> right. It, it is. It is a super complex world. And, you know, we are full of biases, uh, right, mm. as, as adults. Mm. And, and mm. That, that is what keeps us in our belief that we know what's the right thing to do. And mm -hmm. I don't think we do. And this is where I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I get excited about uh, actually empowering our kids to grow up and to mm. actually find, to actually fix this. Mm. Um, so what we know are some really useful tools and approaches to come up with new ideas, to test them, to implement them, to collaborate across borders, to appreciate that collaboration rather than yeah. be afraid of other cultures. And, and that, is, that is step by step going to change the world that we bring new generations uh, up that it will be the future CEOs and presidents and all of that. Yeah. And, and they need to have uh, the mindset they have today and yeah. not not kind of inherit our mindsets and our, yes, yes. And our biases. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the main reason what I think needs to change, uh, and, and we've been hearing this in the last few weeks with uh, the UN and WHO is actually a GDP. The whole aspect, you know, every, I mean, you know, everything around us rotates around uh, you know, the US dollar, say, or, or even GDP. Yeah. And I think it's the wrong way to look at success. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, everything is hooked up with that. So as much collaborative and globalized you become, at the end of the day, it's about uh, GDP is, you know, is how you're being uh, seen as. And, you know, I, I was just attending a webinar with one of the UN uh, guys and, uh, and the whole discussion is about that. And, and you can see that they are quite uh, aware of it. However, aren't speaking about it so openly. I mean, you know, it's quite, you know, it's quite interesting. All this is happening right now. It, 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 th those conversations are happening. And that's a really good thing because we need to 
get better educated on on what what good looks like what is what is mm-hmm. a good way of measuring success mm-hmm. and, and and but we are up against you know many obstacles on that journey because every everything in every single organization pretty much mm-hmm. every institution has been set up to support predictability uh scalability and these things in other words get more of the same produce more of the same uh and and gdp is a is a good example on how we measure what good looks like uh, mm. but but we desperately need to find new and better ways of measuring what good looks like uh, mm. and, and this is at all levels at at a national level, level country level international level but also in our organizations today where you're being measured on your quarterly goals mm-hmm. uh you need to sell this much if you're in sales or produce this much if you're in production mm-hmm. and that's how you're being measured it's not that you actually create um a better culture for your coworkers yeah. or something yeah. else right Thanks. so we yeah. and, and and the same if you go to school you're being measured um on your exam results Right, even right. even even you are the one that you know uh get your your friends through uh, challenging times uh, that doesn't give you any any credit and um, so all across the board we are measuring success in a way that doesn't work anymore maybe right. maybe it did at some point but it doesn't anymore and so this this is the transformation challenge that we are looking at and that we need to deal with and our kids are better at that than we are so let's empower them yeah. so that was lars i hope you enjoyed our candid and free flowing conversation and took away something from it this is avi your host signing off do watch out for your next episode by following your other side on all major podcast platforms until then keep exploring your other side